Rodney Davidson. I'd like you to join me and the ministers of music from here, Water of Life Church in Plano, Texas, as we minister the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus, which is the power of God. One of my favorite stories is Smith Wigglesworth. He got a telegram that he should go to a town, a resort town on the seaside of the west side of England. There was a man there that they said had totally lost his reason, and he was becoming crazy. So Smith went to go visit the house, and when he got there, the the wife of the man said, would you please consider staying with my husband during the night in the same room? Smith said, all right, I'll do that. Well, in the middle of the night, Smith said an evil power took hold of this man. He said he went totally stark, raving mad. He said he put his hand on the guy's head. He said his head felt like sticks. He said he got a temporary deliverance for the man, but he said the next morning, 6 o'clock, he said, I have to get out of this house. He said, I've got to go for a while. I've got to leave the house. The man said, the man looked at him, went after me, said, please don't leave. He said, if you leave, I have no hope. Smith said, I have to leave for a while. Smith left the house. He went into town. He found a woman in the morning. It was about 6 a.m. I said, she had a bonnet on. He knew she was from the Salvation Army. He said he knew she was going to the 7 a.m. meeting, so he followed her. He went with her. He went to the Salvation Army with her at their prayer meeting. The captain of the meeting was going to uh, call out a, a verse for them to sing a hymn, and Smith said, please don't. He said, let's pray. He said, I got to pray. So they prayed. He said he prayed his heart out, and then he said while in prayer he overcame, he said he grabbed his hat and he ran out of that meeting. He said they must have all thought he was crazy. But he went back to the house where the man was mad. And when he got there, the man was running toward the sea without a stitch of clothes on to kill himself. Do you hear that? To kill himself. Smith ran after him. His wife was running after him. And as Smith ran, he said, in the name of Jesus, come out of him. And you know what? The man hit the dirt, hit the sand, flat on his face. His wife got to him. Smith got to him. And when Smith got to him, he got up totally healed and in his right mind. Totally healed and in his right mind. How can that be? How can that be? What is this deal about casting out devils? You know, I know a lot of people, when you mention casting out devils, I've talked to him. I'm a hairdresser. I mentioned about casting out a devil, and she went, oh, no. No. She goes, I don't want anything to do with that. I said, are you a born-again Christian? Oh, yes. I said, do you have Jesus in you? Oh, yes. I said, do you know Jesus spent most his time casting out devils? Do you have one of those bracelets? What would Jesus do? Guess what Jesus did? He cast out devils. Smith Wigglesworth cast out the devil. I've cast out devils. Any believer, it says in Mark 16, if you believe, if you believe, you'll cast out devils. How does that happen? How does it work? I'm going to show you. If you will listen to the words that the Spirit of God is ministering today, if you'll listen to these words, you will have victory in areas you have never had victory before. Do you hear that? You will have victory 
where you have never had victory before. Turn with me to John 12. We're going to begin there. I'm going to begin in verse 27. This is Jesus speaking, and he's speaking about going to the cross. He said, now is my soul troubled. Jesus was troubled. Jesus was a man. He had the spirit of Jesus that was in heaven, but he gave up all his godly ability, and he became a man like us. So right here, he says, now is my soul troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this cause came I unto this hour. Jesus is getting ready to go to the cross for us. He says, Father, glorify thy name. And then there came a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and I'll glorify it again. I'll glorify it again. The people therefore that stood by and heard it said that it thundered. Another said an angel spoke to him. And Jesus answered and said, this voice came not because of me, but for your sakes. Now look at this next verse. Look at this next verse. If you have a Bible, open it and look at the words with your eyes. It says, now, now, he's getting ready to go to the cross. He says, now is the judgment of this world. He said, now shall the prince of this world be cast out. Now is the judgment of this world. Now is the prince of this world cast out. That word cast out means to lose his authority, to take it away from him where he has none, where he has none. Let's go to John 16. To deprive him of all his power. John 16, verse 7. This is Jesus again speaking. He said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient. It's for, important for you that I go away. He's getting ready to go to the cross here. He said, for if I go not away, the comforter will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. That's the Holy Ghost. He said, and when he has come, when the Holy Ghost has come, when the Holy Spirit has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment, of sin because they believe not on me. Do you hear that? Do you know if you don't believe on Jesus, it's sin? Of sin because they believe not on me. Dole talked about unbelief. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. And verse 11, of judgment, of judgment, because the prince of this world is judged. The prince of this world is judged. Who's that prince? Satan himself. Satan himself. Turn with me to, um, let's go to Luke 4. We're going to go into verse 5. This is the devil. Jesus said, now is the judgment of this world. Now is the prince of this world going to be cast out. Well, why does he need cast out? Let's go to verse Luke chapter 4, verse 5. And the devil, and the devil, taking him up into a high mountain, showed Jesus all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. Do you mean the devil gave Jesus a vision? Yes. It said, he showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And look what the devil said to Jesus. Look what the devil 
Satan himself, Lucifer, said to Jesus, he said, all this power will I give thee. All this power will I give thee and the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me. For that is delivered unto me and to whomsoever I will, I give it. Did you know the devil said that? The devil said that to Jesus, to the Messiah. He said, all this power will I give thee, Jesus, and the glory of all those kingdoms, because it's delivered unto me. I have that power. Where did he get that power? Where did the devil get that power? He got it from your and my great, 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 great grandfather, Adam. Did you know we all have a common ancestor? We have a common ancestor, and that is Adam. And you know what Adam did? He gave the power that God gave him, he gave it to Satan. He gave it to Satan in the garden, and now Satan had it. Satan had it. And Jesus didn't say, if you notice the next verse, when, when Jesus talks back, he says, get me behind me, Satan, for it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only thou shalt serve. Did you see that Jesus didn't say, oh, devil, you got that wrong? Jesus knew at that moment Satan did have that power. So now, now is the judgment of this world. Now is the prince of this world going to be cast out. You like to watch those movies where the good guy wins and the bad guy gets destroyed. Well, this is the best one you're going to ever see. The best one you're going to ever see. Now, turn with me to Hebrews 2. How does Jesus do it? How does Jesus cast the devil out? How does he take all of Satan's authority from him in a marvelous, wonderful, beautiful way? Let's go to Hebrews 2, verse 14. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, that's you and I, as much as the children, we are children of God, are partakers of flesh and blood, Jesus also himself took part of the same. Do you see that? It says as much as the children had flesh and blood, as much as you and I have flesh and blood, we have flesh and blood. We are people. We are human. It says as much as we had it, Jesus also himself took part of the same. He took part of the same. He became flesh and blood. He that was God and with God deprived himself, emptied himself of all his godly ability. And he became a man like you and I, a man. Why did he become a man? Part of the reason is right here. He took part of the same, that through death, through death, through death. You hear that? Through death. He might destroy him. Through death, he might destroy him that had the power of death. He might destroy him that had the power of death. That is the devil. That is the devil. Through death, Jesus becoming a man like you and I, through death, he had to die. 
that he might destroy him that had the power of death. That is the devil. Not just destroy the power of death, destroy the devil. Might destroy him. Might take all his power away from him. Take it away from him. How's he going to do that? He had to die. He had to die. Well, you can't kill God. I've said that a hundred times. You can't kill God. So he had to become a man. And how is he going to destroy Satan? How is he going to destroy the power of Satan? By dying. By dying. By becoming a man and dying. Adam started this process. Adam gave the power to the devil. Adam was a man. He gave that power he had to the devil. And Jesus is going to become a man and get it back. Get it back. He didn't get it back as a God. He didn't get it back as an angel. He got it back as a man. A man. How can a man get that power back? Okay, come with me to, let's go to Ephesians 1. I'm going to begin in verse 16. This is Paul speaking. He says, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, all the Ephesians and us, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. And that's what we're doing today. We're enlightening some of you. That you may know what is the hope of his calling and the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Did you know you have an inheritance? Do you know you have an inheritance? And it's a big one. It says, verse 19, and what? is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe. Exceeding greatness of his power. Not a little power. Exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power. According to the working of his mighty power which he wrought, which he worked, which he used in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places far above principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named. Far above principality, power, might, dominion and every name that is named. Lucifer is a name. Satan is a name. The devil is a name. And Jesus was put far above him. When? When the Father raised him from the dead. When God raised Jesus from the dead, the Father raised Jesus from the dead and the minute that Jesus was raised from the dead, he conquered Satan. He conquered death. He beat it out. He overcame it. He overcame death. 
He overcame hell. He overcame Satan. He took his power away from him. How? Turn with me to Colossians 1 or Colossians 2. I'm going to go to verse 12. This is talking about Jesus and talking about us in Jesus. Buried with him in baptism, wherein also you are risen with him, with Jesus, through the faith of the operation of God who raised Jesus from the dead. The Father raised Jesus from the dead. The Father is the one that went and got Jesus out of hell and death. And when the Father came and got Jesus, Jesus overcame death. He overcame hell. How do you know? Because he came out. Death had him. We'll see that. Hell had him. Yes, hell. Yes, hell had Jesus. You say, oh, but Jesus didn't go to hell. Okay, so he can't get out. So he's just down there lounging around smoking a cigar. Glory, get your Bible out and read it. All right, it says, and, he, and you being dead in your sins and uncircumcision of the flesh, as he quickened together with them, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. Now look at verse 15. This is talking about Jesus as he came out of hell. He came out of death. It says, and having spoiled principalities and powers, having spoiled them, having taken their power away, Having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Jesus, when he was raised from the dead, triumphed over death, triumphed over hell, triumphed over every sickness and disease, triumphed over every sin, triumphed over every devil, overcame Satan. How did he do that? How did Jesus do that? You know, I've heard stories. I've mentioned it before. Somebody said, I remember hearing that Jesus went to hell and he was all shriveled up in the corner. And Satan was just making fun of him and laughing at him. I mean, I had this conversation with my mother this week. Hi, mom. She said she was taught that, that the devil was just poking at him saying, ha, 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 na, 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 Jesus, you're in hell, you're in death. Give me chapter and verse. Have you ever asked chapter and verse when you hear these things? You got to ask, where's the chapter and where's the verse? Jesus was not shriveled up in the corner. And no, he didn't take Satan by his hands and beat him up in a wrestling match. I heard that one too. Big, strong Jesus took the devil and slammed him. Did you ever consider Jesus? Uh, the devil is not in hell? The devil is not in hell. That's the last place you will find him right now. That's one place he's not going to go unless he's put there. And guess who's going to put him there? We are. We are. We're the ones that are going to put him in hell. How? Turn with me to Psalm 18. 
I've had this message in my heart for three weeks and God wouldn't let me minister it until I overcame last night, standing right there. God showed me. I had a question in my heart. I said, exactly. Tell me exactly. Yes, I asked God and he always answers me. I said, I am unsure about one thing. How exactly did Jesus overcome the devil in hell? All right, turn to Psalm 18. I want to begin in verse 4 so we know this is Jesus. It says, the sorrows of hell compassed me. The sorrows, the cords, the ropes had Jesus. The sorrows, the cords of death compassed me. And the floods of ungodly men made me afraid. That's floods of Belial. Floods of wicked men. It says, made me afraid. Jesus, afraid. I want you to remember, Jesus is a man. Right now, Jesus went to hell as a man. He didn't go as a God. You can't kill God. God's not going to be in hell. He had to go as a man. So Jesus is in hell here as a man. He has the soul of a man, a soul like you, but he's got the spirit of Jesus. He's got the spirit that was in heaven with the Father, but he's got a soul like you and I. He is in hell. He is in death, and he can't get out. He can't get out. How does he get out? How does he overcome Satan? How does this man overcome Satan? How does he restore what Adam took away? How does he take back what Adam gave away? All right, verse 5. The sorrows of hell, the cords, the ropes of hell compass me about. The snares of death prevented me. Jesus cannot get out. Now we see Jesus here in hell. This is a marvelous statement. Now let's go back to verse 1 and let's see what Jesus himself says. Let's see what Jesus himself is speaking while he is in death, while he is in hell. He said, I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. That is, he's talking to Yahweh. He's talking to the Father. I will love thee, O Lord, O Jehovah, O God, my strength, my strength. He doesn't have any strength. He's, in, he's dead. He's in hell and he can't get out. So what does Jesus say? I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress. And my deliverer, the Lord is my deliverer. This is the man, Jesus, speaking from hell. He's speaking in hell. You always wondered what he thought, right? Well, you got it right here. He said, my strength in whom I will trust. This is Jesus in death. And he says, the Lord is my rock. He can't get out. What's he saying? The Lord is my rock. Hell has him. What's he say? And my fortress and my deliverer. My God is my deliverer. He can't get out of hell. He's saying, God is my deliverer. God is my strength in whom I will trust. What got Jesus out of hell? His faith got him out of hell. His faith, not his physical being. 
He didn't have any. He had no strength. The only thing he had with him was his spirit. He had the soul of you and I, and that soul was paying for our sin. What got him out of hell? What overcame the devil? His faith overcame the devil. I trust in God, my deliverer. My trust is in him. He called out in hell. He called out in death. You, Father, are my deliverer. You, Father, promised to get me out of here. And guess what? He did. He did. And the moment the Father raised him from the dead, Satan lost all his power. He lost all his authority. He lost all his strength. All of it. Turn with me to Matthew 28. Verse 18. Jesus has just risen from the dead. And he says the 11 disciples. And he said, Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all power. Do you see that word all? Do you see that word all? All power. All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. All power. All. Do you hear that word all? All power. Not some power. All power is given unto me. He took that authority away from Satan. He has all power. Jesus has all power over every spirit, including Lucifer. Smith Wigglesworth tells a wonderful story. In fact, I think his son-in-law tells it. Smith was sleeping one night in bed with his wife. And all of a sudden, the, the shutters start banging and there's wind blowing and all this eerie stuff starts happening. Smith wakes up. He looks over in his bedroom on a chair, some thumpsing sitting in that chair. He said he saw someone sitting in the chair. He gets up. I mean, we got weird stuff. You know the movies? We got weird stuff going on all around him. He gets up, he goes over to the chair, takes one look at it. And you know what Smith, a man like you and I, you know what Smith sees in that chair? Lucifer, Satan, the devil himself is sitting in that chair in the man's bedroom. Satan, Lucifer, the devil, whatever you want to call him. What's it? R.W. Shamcock calls him Slewfoot. Sitting in Smith's bedroom. And what does Smith say? What does Smith Wigglesworth say? He takes one look at him and he said, oh, it's you. And he turns around and he goes back to bed. Why? Because Smith knows the devil doesn't have any more authority. He doesn't have any power. Well, why does the devil do this? Because you let him. Because you give him the power. The only power that the devil has is what we give him. So why do we put up with him? Why do we put up with him? The only power that Satan can muster is what we hand over to him. The devil has no authority in our lives if we believe and if we have Jesus in us. Do you have Jesus in us? Do you have Jesus in you? If you don't have Jesus in you, the devil's got you. You are an open target. 
The devil has you. You have to be born again. You have to have Jesus in you to to conquer the devil. A couple weeks ago, a gentleman called me. I was on my way home. When I minister here by the power of God, that anointing stays on me for a while. And when I was going home, that anointing was still on me. The gentleman called and he asked. He said, Kathy, he goes, I'm sick. I am really sick. All night long, you'd been sick. I said, let me pray for you. I, got, I took the phone. I said, Father, I break the power of this witchcraft over that man. I break the power of witchcraft in his life. I break the power of witchcraft. You know what? He showed up at church that night with the biggest smile that I've seen on his face in a long time. He said, I feel fine. And sickness is all gone. And not only that, all the oppression is gone too. Why? Because I know. I know the devil has lost his power. And when I come against him, yeah, I know you don't like that. He tries to choke me. I bind you. I know that the devil has lost his authority. And when we go after him in the name of Jesus, he has to move. He has to. He has no choice. He's already been overcome. So why do we put up with him? The devil should be nowhere but under your feet. Nowhere in your life but under your feet. He shouldn't be in your children. He shouldn't be in your wife. He shouldn't be in your husband. He shouldn't be in your dog. Put him under your feet in Jesus' name. Now, if you are not born again, you need to be. And how are you born again? You call on the name of the man that went to hell and went through death so he could conquer the devil. You call on the man that died for you on the cross and he was buried for you and then he was raised again from the Father for you. How are you born again? You call on that name. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus, Lord of your life, yes, you gotta give him your life and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. And when you get the spirit of Jesus, when you are saved, that spirit of Jesus is in you. And that spirit conquered every spirit that'll ever touch you. God bless. Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the ministers of music from Water of Life Church. She would love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, Care of Water of Life Church, Post Office Box 861-327, Plano, Texas 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless.